So if you notice in the bulletin, there's a lot of readings this morning. We're going to get to those readings as uh, we go through the message. But this week, again, as we've heard this morning, the VBS and leaders went through a series of Bible stories, and a big part of their stories reflect how life, or how wild life can be, as we see it around, that life can be like a jungle. And they compared our lives at times with this jungle theme. Throughout the week, they, the kids and the leaders, and we all learned many things, but four of the things that were learned was that when life is unfair... God is good. When life is scary, God is good. When life changes, God is good. When life is good, God is good. They realize that life can be full of many good and bad things, and in each circumstance, God is always good. Throughout the VBS week, Bible stories from the Old Testament were shared. They were shared a lot about the Israelites being held captive by Pharaoh, this mean old Pharaoh guy. Some of you know what I mean. They were treated roughly, and Moses, with the help of God, was tempting to rescue them. And he made appeals for the Israelite people. And as he made these appeals, things only became worse. What ended up happening, God sent ten plagues upon the Egyptians, And each time the plague just seemed to get worse and worse. And yet stubborn Pharaoh wouldn't let his people or God's people go. The Israelites had to work even harder. Until the 10th plague, where the firstborn son had passed away of the Egyptians, and Pharaoh's son included, that Pharaoh finally said, let the people go. Get rid of these people. And this led to the Israelites' freedom from slavery in Egypt. So for the Israelites... Life was unfair. God is good. Life was scary. God is good. Life had many changes. God is good. Then freedom from slavery. But after this freedom, they traveled in the wilderness. They traveled for 40 years. Now you've got to understand, 40 years, I mean, this, I mean, we might read the Bible passage in a couple minutes, but 40 years they were traveling in the wilderness. This is a long time. You see, not everything was the way that they thought it was going to be or that it was supposed to be. Then they, 40 years finally transpires, 40 years, and they get to this land that God promised them, this land of Canaan. And there's people in this land. It wasn't like a smooth entry. Hey, here we are. Everybody welcome us. No. It ended up resulting in wars and conquering territories. And again, it wasn't the way it was supposed to be. The point of the stories this week and through Scripture is to show that in the Old Testament that life is not easy. But I think it also reminds us today that, yeah, life wasn't easy back then, but it's still not easy now. And now we are people who live in the New Testament era, and and life continues to be wild at times. And even for boys and girls coming to Vacation Bible School this week, it's tough entering into new crowds. Kids as well as adults can be intimidating and, and even cruel, and unfortunately, bullying and ridicule occur at every age. The church is not exempt from bullying in Vacation Bible School and Sunday School and youth programs and even in adult ministries. Bullying comes in many different forms. But not only that, in this world today, there are people, there are refugees without homes. They're just traveling around, and they're they're almost like the Israelites, traveling for years without a home. 
There's people around us in this community without homes. There's people who are going from couch to couch. You go to the park, there's probably some people in the tenting in the park because they have no homes. There's kids without parents. There are single parents because maybe one of the spouse, spouses have died or due to broken homes. This week, many of us heard an Amber Alert again, and thankfully the child was safe. But these things are real. And there's people that are fighting in this world, in families, in countries. As we heard this morning too, the boys and girls raised money for Compassion Canada and for uh, raising money for chickens. And, and it's important that we do that, but it's, it's actually, when you think about it, it's sad that we have to do that because that means there is brokenness and poverty and, and injustices in this world. And we need to be there to support and encourage and pray for one another. So in the Old Testament, life was wild. Today, I think it's safe to say that our life continues to be wild in this world. Well, now we're going to take a bit of a turn and I'm going to tell you another story from the Bible, from the New Testament. And this story is about Jesus Christ. Because God provided His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to save His people. Jesus came down to earth as a baby. And He had hardships. He had hardships because even when He was born, His parents had to become refugees. In fact, they actually fled to Egypt. The Israelites left Egypt, but, but Jesus' mom and dad and, and Jesus himself fled to Egypt because Herod was trying to kill the baby Jesus. Jesus then went into full-time ministry at the, about the age of 30 years old, and people still wanted to kill him. He received death threats, and religious officials were angry at him. And Jesus saw sick and hurting and broken people all the time. Jesus saw his friend Lazarus, who was dead. And then eventually, Jesus himself was taken captive. And he was hung on a cross to die. As we continue with today's message, what we're going to hear from Scripture is a story of the end of Jesus' life. And a disciple named Mark told this story from a book that he wrote. And we can read it in Mark. We're going to read various verses from Mark chapter 14 and 15 and 16. You can follow along in your Bibles or on your phones if you want. But we're going to start with Mark 14, verses 43 to 50. Just as he, Jesus, was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. And with him a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is, is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. And going at once, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. You've got to understand, Judas was one of Jesus' disciples. He had spent time with Jesus over the last three years. And then a kiss is supposed to be something endearing. And he goes up to Jesus and give him a kiss, which means this is the guy you've got to arrest. It was, in this case, a kiss was the form of betrayal. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. And then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you've come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you didn't arrest me, and I'm doing the same thing today. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And then everyone deserted him, and they fled. Jesus was deserted. One of the disciples betrayed him. Judas showed the armed crowd Jesus, and they arrested this innocent man. 
and this is not right. Folks, life is unfair. God is good. Let me try that again. Life is unfair. God is good. But then I got to respond, really? Because uh, let's keep reading. Mark 14, 61. Because Jesus was arrested. Again, the high priest asked them, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest tore his clothes. Why do we need any more witnesses, he asked. You've heard this blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him worthy of death. Some began to spit on him. They blindfolded him. They struck him with their fists. And they said, okay, prophesy. And the guards took him and beat him. Again, life is unfair. God is good. And again, I say, really? Let's continue reading this story about an innocent man. Remember, he's an innocent man. And he was just sentenced to be condemned, beaten, and killed. Mark 15, 33. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing near heard this, they said, oh, listen to him, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with wine vinegar. They put it on a staff and, and offered it up to Jesus who was on the cross to drink. And now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down, he said. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. The curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the Son of God. You've got to picture the centurion standing there, probably thinking, oops, I think we just killed an innocent man. Surely this, was, this man was the Son of God. Some women were watching from a distance. Among them were Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Joseph, the younger, and, and Jesus' mother, of course, and Salome. In Galilee, these women had followed him and cared for his needs, and many other women who had come up with him to Jerusalem were also there. After hearing this story, you've got to admit, life is scary. God is good. Okay, so let's do this again. I've been saying over this period of time, life is unfair. God is good. Life is scary. God is good. Life has changes. God is good. You see, each time you continue to say that God is good. So here we're saying this, but do we really believe it? That's the question I got to ask. Do you really believe and mean what you say? Is God good in every single circumstance? Because what about when Jesus said, God my God, you have forsaken me. He didn't say, my God, my God, you are good. No, he said, you've forsaken me. There's times that it might be difficult to see that God is good, especially when things seem unfair or scary or things are changing. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, even today, we have challenges before us. Life is like a jungle. It's sometimes wild. But one more important amazing thing that the kids and we all learned this week and we learned through scripture as well is that when life is wild when all life is all of these things that i've mentioned god is always good god's promises never fail there's another old testament book i want to share with you it's written by an old testament prophet jeremiah and the book is called lamentations 
And Lamentations, as written, written by Jeremiah, he was depressed. He, he, he was, things were sad in his life. There were things going on in his life that maybe some can't imagine, but others can't even imagine. And so this book is about sadness and unfair and scary and change. And yet in the middle of this book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah writes these words from Lamentations 3, verse 19. I remember my affliction and wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Can you see, just picture him kind of wandering with his head down, saying these words, being, he's downcast, my soul is downcast within me. Life is unfair. God is good. Life is scary. God is good. And Jeremiah continues to say in the verses, yet this I call to mind. So life is good, or rather life is unfair, life is scary, and this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, the Lord's my portion, therefore I wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, the one who seek him, seeks Him. So when life is good, God is good. God is good always. Israel received freedom from Egypt. Israel received the land that was promised to them. And God provided them kings, judges, prophets, because God wanted to see his people turn to him. Jeremiah, in this passage of Lamentations, he's been, he's been seeing difficult times in his life. But through it all, he is still able to say, God is good. God is always good. He's always faithful. He always keeps his promises. Thank be to God. Most importantly, God provided his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus knew that he can rely on his faithful father in heaven. And we know that we can rely on our faithful father in heaven. When we are broken and we feel weak, and when things don't always go according to our plans, know that we can always turn to our God. Because our God is good when things are sometimes even bad. You know, though, questions will often arise in our minds, right? Okay, if, if God is so good, then, then why is there still so much suffering in this world? Why sometimes do doubts overtake our thoughts and emotions? I mean, our faith in Jesus will be shaken at times. And there may be times, too, that we will cry out like the psalmist David did in Psalm 22 or Jesus did on the cross. We may cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because it may feel like God has forsaken us. And when all these things occur, don't look at this as an opportunity to give up on our God. But look at it as an opportunity to realize that God never gives up on us. God never gives up on this world. And God is in the process of restoring each of us. And he's in the process of restoring this world. God's refining us. God has saved us from all our sins through his son, Jesus Christ. What a good God. What a faithful God. And every trial and every challenge and every obstacle and every struggle is one step closer for us in our relationship to our God. It's another opportunity to say that God is good. Can we say that all together? God is good. I'm going to read from one more passage. And that passage is from Mark 16, 1-7. through 7, And it's again about Jesus. 
This happened a few days after his death. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, well, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw this young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Yeah, no doubt. But the, the person said, don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him? And go, tell, us, tell the disciples and Peter that he's gone ahead of them, ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him just as he told you. Remember, Jesus cried out on the cross. And his death was very unfair. It was very scary. And it led to many changes. But it resulted in Jesus rising from the dead. Jesus' death was good for us. It's the only thing that could save us. And God knew that. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus' resurrection was good for us. It is the only thing that could possibly promise us new life, that we too will resurrect in one day. And our God is always good. So I don't know about you, but this is a God. He is a God that I want to love and I want to follow because He is so good. And He loves me. And He loves each of you. So I hope that each of us here today can put our faith and our trust in our good God. So when life is unfair, God is good. When life is scary, God is good. When life is full of changes, God is good. When life is good, God is good. Friends, life is full of many things, and our God is always good. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord, we praise your name for being good, for being great. We thank you for all that you have done for us and that in any circumstance in life, you are always with us and you are always good. We praise your name for your glory and for your love and for all that you've done for us. We praise your name today in church and we praise your name throughout the week, wherever we are. And we ask for strength through your Holy Spirit to assist us in our words and our deeds throughout this week. May we remain disciples who reflect the love of a Heavenly Father and the love of your Son, Jesus Christ. And may others see the things that we do and may our lives reflect Jesus. May we all come to praise your holy name. In Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.